The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help DGENs only cash big. Use promo code SGP for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome everyone to the Diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards Rob and Justin. Oh man, we thought last week could it get worse? Could we even hit a lower rock bottom after losing to the Cleveland Browns? And somehow they're able to pull it. Somehow they're able to make a even more disappointing loss. The defense played well against the Seattle Seahawks. Kept them in the game. Couple, couple uh, nice fourth down stops. Had me believing. Ultimately, they lost twenty-three to seventeen. They had a uh, crazy hail mary play. Doug Peterson went for two for some reason. Covered the six and a half point late spread, but it is just—I'm uh, I, I, almost at a loss for words. We're going to spend a lot of time shitting on Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, what Jeffrey Lurie has allowed to happen here. I, I what I really can't understand at this point—we're taping this podcast on a Thursday afternoon, and not one change has been announced. They're not. They're not sitting down. Carson Wentz. They're not handing over the play calling duties. Maybe something crazy happens on Friday. But how? How is Doug Peterson not going to change anything with this offense? Forty six passing plays, and everyone's out of sync. Wentz looks like shit. I nicknamed him Ginger Judas because he's just he's betrayed us. We believed in him, and now now it's just hard to keep the faith. Robbie. How are you feeling about the Eagles right now? I know it's bad, but what's really getting to you? Oh man, you know I, it, it's funny. I think I joked to you during the week. Just uh, throw the same podcast up from last <laughs> week and change the title because it was really just more of the same. It, it's just so frustrating, and um, I mean, first of all, having to watch DK Metcalf just go no. off, knowing that we could have drafted him instead of Whiteside, or uh, it's just just <laughs> heartbreaking to watch that. But I, look. Doug doesn't know what he's doing. And, and, and this was a great stat. I, I know I sent it to everyone. Um, so the Eagles are eighth in the NFL in pass attempts, but we're 31st in yards per play at the same time. <laughs> we're 28th in rush attempts, but third in yards per rush play. I mean, Doug, come on. What, what are you doing? Run the ball. Um, it's just a mess. I have no faith in him. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Sean. Where are the changes? I mean, what what is he thinking during the week where he thinks like, oh, everything's great. I can turn this around. Literally um, no adjustments. Yeah. Nothing. None. Like what none. major changes has Doug implemented? The only changes have been injury related. 
no rollouts again. Exact same thing as before. <laughs> you know, the only positive thing he finally did was put my Lada in who by the way, was like the second highest graded offensive tackle in week 12. He, he, he so, looked great. Um, you know, I'm glad we're at least past that, but look, the team's a mess. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm dumbfounded. Wentz's play is awful. I, I would like to see Hertz at this point, quite honestly, it can't get any worse. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it makes sense to play Hertz for a number of reasons. One, just to figure out where he's at, what we have going into the off season two, just to give Wentz a break, to let him let him sit down on the bench, suffer some consequences, maybe reset mentally, see the game uh, from from the from the bench, and maybe that could that's something that could possibly jumpstart him. It would force Doug Peterson at least to come up with the, some new plays and a new game plan, and, and maybe just give something uh, to this Eagles team, and and in particular the offense, the defense randomly showing up. They've they've had games where they've looked like shit, and we've killed Jim Schwartz, but. They've actually played back to back pretty solid games. Justin, we were texting earlier today. I, I said there hasn't been one game this season that has been fun. Even their three victories have been like a struggle, uh, ugly kind of game. Maybe that 49ers game was a little bit fun, but even that was just like so many painful moments. What's what's the worst part right now for you, Justin? Well, I mean, uh, I just want to go back to those stats because I know two weeks ago before the Giants game, I even brought up like we were fifth in passing attempts with 4.9 yards per catch or per cat per pass, sorry, and 27th in rushing attempts with 5.1 yards per carry. I mean, and obviously we just keep talking about changes, but nothing seems to be changing, right? Um, it's the same old, same old, and Doug is not doing much, if anything. And the frustrating part too is like, why is Alshon out there God. over Fulgham? <laughs> We're giving more reps to him. Doesn't make sense. That that, that overthrow that moronic Wentz, that 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 Wentz overthrew Alshon. Now Wentz overthrows a bunch of people, but this one I actually blame on Alshon, and he just has that like hobbly old man run. That how does that how does how do you clear that guy to play? Like if he if that's him healthy, then I, I don't know what's going on. Then he just can't run at a professional level. And you have Fulgham. You have you have that speedy Hightower. How is Hightower not getting reps here? You drafted him because he was a fast guy, and he he had a couple deep balls like earlier, you know, like a month ago when there were moments where the offense looked good. Hightower had a couple deep balls. Like what the hell are they doing? We Sean, it is unbelievable. I mean, we literally had a receiver who over a stretch of like four games was like leading the NFL. I was ready to get a Fulgham jersey. And all of a sudden, Doug thought, <laughs> you know what? We got to cut his reps. Let's knock him down to like 50% of plays because we got to get Alshon out there. And you know what, Sean? I got to disagree with you on one thing on Jim Schwartz. I'm still out on him. I think the defense played hard. Um, so this is not against them. But why does Jim Schwartz refuse to give safety help over the top? I mean, Slay's out there. It wasn't his best game, but. Hey, how about we give the guy a little help? And Schwartz with his schemes, he's just so yeah. stubborn. He gets beat on the same things over and over and refuses to adjust. So, you know, I I, I still am not giving him a full pass for this game. No, and you're right. That's fair. Again, the defense, there's been a couple bright spots. The defensive line has had moments where they've looked good. Slay, for the most part, has looked pretty good. Obviously, he got worked pretty bad by Metcalf, but they didn't give him any help. And and I mean, if one guy's killing you, 
I, that that's what's so great about a guy like Belichick, where he just won't let their best player beat them. And you know, we picked out the we do player props for Monday Night Football, and I was telling people just hammer the over on DK Metcalf over on catches or yards. Like we have no answer for this guy, and what's going to change? You know, it, it, it's insane. DK Metcalf in his two games against the Eagles, he has more receiving yards. Then JJ Ortega Whiteside has his entire career as an Eagle. So, in a weird, I mean, he's been more productive just in the games against us than Ortega Whiteside his entire career. It's it's insane, and it's I think what the worst part to the no adjustments. It's just so predictable. Like we we started a segment where we're picking guys to blow it, and we and we just nail it. We nail what they're gonna do and. The, the just keep running Wentz out of shotgun. It's the most basic thing. Like clearly the guy is having trouble seeing the field. Clearly he's better on rollouts. Like put him under center, roll him out. Like why are you not doing what works? It's it's insane. And uh, I, I think Justin threw out the idea of picking one critical play and to start breaking it down and and use it as like a oh, way that was, to that was Rob. I don't want to steal that from Rob. That was oh, okay. Idea. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, I didn't mean to accidentally give Justin credit for something that <laughs> <laughs> I did do. Yeah, we don't want that to. Happen. For me, it was early, so we start the game off. We get the ball. Okay, cool. Hard count by Wentz. Get the defense offside. Great. Using the hard count. Love it. First and five. Really easy. Okay. Uh, first down. Incomplete. Okay. Not a big deal. Second and five. Ward slant. It, it, it does a slant right across the middle of the field, wide open. Wentz misses him, and just from that play right there. It was obvious he wasn't seeing the field well. Uh, the play calling already, just like what's going on, and then uh, you know they proceed to have a play on third down, incomplete pass. So we have a first and five. We don't give one fucking running play on that three and out. How do you not run the ball once? I like throwing on first down. You're supposed to with advanced analytics, but run the ball second down. Maybe even try a, a run on third down. Catch him off guard. There were some drop passes in there. It wasn't great, you know, great throws by any means either. But that Greg Ward on second and five, he was wide open. He could have caught and got some yards after the catch, and Wentz just fucking missed him. And uh, you know, kind of epitomizes the season and and certainly that game. Justin, I'll let you pick uh, pick a play here from that Seahawks game. Oh man, there were there were two big ones. Um, I'm gonna go with the one who, that I. I uh, ultimately had to choose. I just at the end of the game, we still had a chance. You know, we're down twenty to nine, and we go for it on fourth and four <laughs> at the fifteen yard line. There's still eight minutes left in the game. I didn't, I didn't see why we needed to go for it there on fourth and four, especially after Wentz had thrown. I want to say at least three horrible passes on that drive yep. where we could have possibly scored a TD. Why force it? Like, just take the three. I know Jake. Uh, well, Jake Elliott's another issue, <laughs> but I know it's not a gimme. It's Jake freaking Elliott right now, right? It would have been a 32 yarder, but you got to assume he's going to make that. We're then within eight, and then let's hope Carson can finally put something together. But it, I just didn't have the feel for it there. Fourth and four just didn't seem like a good idea. Uh, also, considering it wasn't even like. It's one of those situations where we could have gotten a first down and then still shut out. We're just wasting more time and possibly kicking a field goal in the end anyway. So uh, that was the one that broke my back there or the Eagles back. I feel like it just, just didn't leave us a chance with, you know, eight minutes left in the game. 
Yeah, I feel like that broke a lot of backs. And you're right, Jake Elliott went from when he hit a 62 yard field goal to beat the Giants in 2017, where I'm like, Jake fucking Elliott, to now where he's missing extra points. It's like, Jake fucking Elliott. And that was the one I was actually questioning was like, his extra point actually was just such a, uh, that was a punch to the gut. Yeah. I don't know. That was another play where when that happens, you're like, up, we're fucked. We're fucked. Rob, what, uh, what play in particular sticking out for you? You know, I, I I have to go with that play. I I, I think it was in the first half toward the end, toward the, you know, second quarter, that play where he underthrew Goddard, you know, deep. And this was troubling for me uh, on so many levels. uh, And it's just the epitome of one season. I mean, one, it, it was an awful throw to Goddard. I don't even mind that he targeted Goddard on the throw, but come on. You got to lead the guy. It was way short. Uh, it was just an awful throw by Wentz and he had the time to throw it. But you know, even more troubling, th- there were two other receivers that were yeah. absolutely wide open on that play. So, you know, if he didn't have the confidence to go to Goddard, I mean, it would have been almost impossible to miss the other two guys. And clearly he just didn't even see them. And I think it's starting a, a theme for Wentz that not only is he making terrible throws, but he's missing the guys that are open when they're mm-hmm. open. He he's tunnel visioning the field. Yeah. He's not reading, uh, you know, he's not seeing what the defense is giving him, And it, it's just showing a quarterback that is broken and that has absolutely lost his confidence. Yeah. Once just confidence is at zero. And that brings us to our next question is Wentz fixable. I, I think I want to hold out hope that Carson Wentz is fixable, but I think he's going to need help. And I I think something has to change, right? If you're in, if you're in a rut, if your things aren't working out, whether it's gambling life, whatever, you have to kind of look the problem in square in the face and decide to change something. Now it's maybe it's the head coach, Doug Peterson. It certainly needs to be the quarterback coach. You know, they brought up an interesting point on the uh, broadcast where uh, they said, Wentz, are you doing anything different with your preparation that you were doing in 2017? And he's like, no, I'm doing everything exactly the same to me. That's the problem. You're doing everything exactly the same. Yeah. Something has to change in your preparation, uh, in the way you're s- studying game film. Like a lot of stuff has to change and it doesn't seem like Doug's changing anything. Wentz has to change. You know, if we can change, <laughs> I was just thinking of that change <laughs> speech of the end of a Rocky Four. But I do I think it. I do think change is possible. I do think Wentz is fixable, but I think it's going to take something to something from uh, you know an outside something big has to happen for him to change. And I don't know if that's coaching or just him changing. I, I don't think he's going to be fixed the rest of the season. But I would. I wouldn't be surprised if he's fixable long term. Justin, where are you at with Wentz? Can we fix him? Can we not? Can we fix him? Our team, uh, honestly, I mean, not if Doug's here. No, I don't think we can. I mean, there's a there's a couple of reasons in my mind. Um, I I know there was uh, that other uh, story that came out that said like other GMs think that you know you got to keep him. He's going to come back to form. All that stuff. Um, I, I just don't see it. And I think part of it is just based upon Carson's makeup and mentality. And I think, um, you know, number one, he's, he's hasn't played with a great line and I think that's affected him greatly. He's getting hit a lot. So, I mean, that sucks for him obviously. And, 
but it, it's led to, you know, him rushing passes. I think he's seeing ghosts now. Um, as Rob pointed out, he can't make those passes anymore. Yeah. And it's led to bad mechanics. And I just, there's so many things he needs to overcome. He's going to have to try and work on his mechanics now. He's going to have to change his mindset. He's going to have to work harder. I think he's relied on his talent way too long. And now that he has the wife and the kid, um, not that that's a bad thing, but I just <laughs> don't know how much more work he wants to put into it in order to get better. And like you pointed out, he hasn't changed things from 2017. He needs to work harder. He needs to be working more and he's got to get his stuff straight. And I just don't see that happening in the near to, you know, in the near future at all. Rob is uh is Wentz fixable or is he a lemon? We just got to get rid of right now. Yeah, this is, you know, this is a great question and I, I change every week, but I, I still think the answer is yes, but not with our coaching staff. I mean, yeah. the, the only chance you have to resurrect him is you got to bring an entirely new offensive staff in. I mean, ideally a new head coach, but look, if Doug's staying, he's got to give up the play calling and you need a new offensive coordinator. Who's going to be a real coordinator and a new quarterback coach. That's going to actually coach and hold Wentz accountable. I mean, part of the problem here is there's no accountability. How bad is Wentz playing? And it's like, Doug just does the same thing. There's no threat of benching him. So when you have no accountability, you don't have to improve. And, and I think what Justin said is true. I just, I don't get the sense that Wentz is putting the work in to actually get better. I mean, in that 2017 season, uh, you know, we heard about how he worked with that QB guru in the entire off season. He came in, he had good mechanics. We haven't heard about that since then. It was like a once and done. So, uh, you know, with that said, the answer is yes, but it's gotta be a, a clean state slate with a new offensive system and a new coach. Yeah. I, I think Wentz can be fixed with a fresh start. Now, how do you create a fresh start? Here in Philadelphia, I think it just involves getting rid of uh, Doug P or some of the, or at least a big portion of the coaching staff. So uh, hopefully, I mean, worst case scenario is he goes somewhere else and gets fixed. And you know, I could, I mean, certainly him us trading him to the Colts and then him looking good playing in a dome with a good offensive line that Frank Reich system. I mean, is that out of the question? No, and and certainly that's kind of the worst case scenario as an Eagles fan. But we're talking about getting rid of Doug P and it's always easier said than done when when you talk about getting rid of a head coach because who are you replacing the coach with? You know, like the Lions, I mean this is a horrible example because they're a bad franchise, but Jim Caldwell, they're just stuck at 9 and 7, 9 and 7. They're like that's not good enough. We need we need to blow it up. They blow it up and then <laughs> enter uh, Matt Patricia who goes, you know, 13 and 39 and 1 or whatever he, he was in his tenure. So it's easy to say fire the coach, fire the coach, but who are we actually going to replace him with? I'll kick this name out as a guy I wouldn't mind seeing coaching the Eagles, and maybe he's a little too green, but Joe Brady, I, I think if you match him up with a good defensive head coach, I think in a perfect scenario, if the Broncos end up firing Vic Fangio, you bring in Fangio as the defensive coordinator and you hire Joe Brady as the head coach slash offensive coordinator. And you pair him up with that veteran defensive coordinator. Similar strategy to what the Rams did. The Rams realized, hey, we got to get, we got to fix Jared Goff. We bring in Sean McVay, and then we pair him up with um, Wade Phillips, that old school, you know, 
veteran defensive coordinator who kind of just has the defense and does whatever he wants. I could be talked into that, but um, yeah, it's always interesting. The idea of who you would replace him with Justin, the Eagles fire Doug P tomorrow. Who are you rooting for them to replace? Uh, so I went through, you know, top prospects. I even kind of looked, I touched on college. I don't really want a college coach. So I kind of got rid of that. I, you know, I don't like second year, uh, the guys at least in their second term either. So I'm not looking for a guy like Bill O'Brien or Dennis Allen or Leslie Frazier or anything like that. So, um, I, I went down the list and you know what, I think you hit the nail on the head with Joe Brady. I was, uh, he's my top candidate for this. You know, I like Matt rule. You know, if he had, if we had had a chance at him this year, I would have oh, yeah. probably would have been the one college guy I wanted would have wanted to grab. So, and like you hit it, you said like he's worked with Joe Burrow, he's with Matt Rule. So I'd probably go him first. Maybe, maybe Brian uh, DeBall from uh, with with the Bills, the offensive coordinator there, could be a second candidate because I want an NFL guy. Um, if I had to stretch and maybe go into college. Uh, and I wouldn't want to, but maybe Kirby Smart or uh, Dabo Sweeney. But I'd probably stay away from there. Dabo. Joe Brady would be my top candidate. Yeah, it's always scary pulling up a college guy because so much of it is just about recruiting and the talent you have. And that's why I liked Matt Rule as a college coach because he took shitty programs, turned them into good programs, and he did it a number of times. So clearly, there's some common thread there. Rob, the the name everyone is always kicking around as the next hot. New head coach is of course Eric Bieniemy for the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Would you like to see him possibly replace Doug P? You know, I don't know enough about him, quite honestly, but I'm very skeptical. Um, and I'll tell you why. I'm skeptical of these of of the coaches that are under iconic coaches. You know, we've seen, for example, the Belichick coaching tree has been largely bust because look at the end of the day, the system is bill Belichick. He's the one that makes it work. And you know, Tom Brady for years with him as well, obviously. And you know, we know Andy Reed is an offensive you know, genius, so to speak. He has great schemes. He does very well. So I just question how much of it is just, this is Andy Reed's system versus this is, you know, Bielemy, um, you know, below him. I I think it's a risk. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I'm also skeptical now. Joe Brady probably would have been my pick as well, quite honestly. So we are we're all in agreement on that. But I almost would rather have a coach come in, an offensive guy I do prefer, but someone that's gonna have a real offensive coordinator. I I, I think a lot mm-hmm. of coaches get in over their head trying to call plays and be the head coach. And don't get me wrong. There's a few that have done it very successfully, but I, I think it's a tall task for a lot of coaches. So I would not be opposed to bringing in a head coach and having just a, a an elite offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, let the coach focus on other game day things, you know, really like a Mike Tomlin. I, yeah. I mean, I know sometimes Tomlin gets a bad rap. What's he doing there? But you know, aside from a couple bad seasons, the guy has them ready to play. And uh, there's something to be said to that. You know, who's that guy for us? I don't know. Could it be Deuce Staley? I know everyone wants Deuce to get a shot. I don't know that I'm for him calling plays. He's just too much of an unknown there. But, you know, I, I wouldn't even be 100% opposed if we had a, a truly good offensive coordinator to match up with him. Yeah. And, the inch, the annoying thing and, and possibly frustrating thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if 
Doug P would succeed in that Tomlin like role where he has, you know, a, an offensive guy really kind of running the offense, calling the plays, and he kind of sits back and you know the what players like about Doug P is he's a former player, seems to get along with the players well, seems to know the players well. And motivation, I don't even think really is the issue. Like that defense was playing hard and I I think the offense, like it's just a out of sync frustration thing. Like hey, to me, I'm not seeing it as an effort thing uh, that's really plaguing this team. There's mm-hmm. a lot of talent, and for the most part, I do feel like the team's playing hard. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly pressing, out of sync, mental mistakes are plaguing them. But I, I don't see lack of effort. Um, certainly, preparation issues. But again, I, I think if you brought an offensive coordinator, maybe that could right the ship here. A true offensive coordinator. Well, this Eagle season has been tough. And uh, they've been punishing us. We're forced to watch it. So, as an Eagles fan, you know you do all these things to curry favor with the mojo. But then, once it turns so bad, I'm almost going out of my way to punish the Eagles. I've I've picked against them on the uh, podcast. I've picked against them on this podcast. I've even you know we've used uh, bets against them in the circuit contest. I'm no longer making my dog wear the Eagles jersey. I'm not wearing the Eagles hat. I'm I'm still wearing the jersey on game day, but I, I'm kind of going out of my way to be like, guys, you're you're making this so hard. Have you done anything as a fan, Justin, to really punish the Eagles for what they've done to us? You know what, Sean? Uh, I live in Hawaii, so these games <laughs> start a little earlier for me, right? And sometimes, uh, like a Monday you, night game, you gotta game wake starts- up. You gotta you know yeah. open up your coconut. You know, get the <laughs> fire fire up the coals for the pig roast that you have every day. Iron exactly. your wife's grass skirt. I get it. So, uh, so I sometimes I may take off work. I may leave early, especially for a Monday <laughs> night game because I'm so excited. But you know what the Eagles made me do? No, oh, no. They made me choose work over oh, wow. them. And I should say that I chose work over them. Yes. I, uh, I mean, I put it up on the computer. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I won't tell anybody that, but you know, it was in the background, but yeah, I, uh, I watched the game from work up until half. And then I drove home at halftime and then I watched the rest of the game without putting on any Eagles paraphernalia. Wow. So cold. I showed them and that's the worst. The worst part too, is I left after the touchdown, I left assuming Jake Elliott would kick and make that f- extra point. <laughs> and I walk in the door and my, my wife goes, Oh, I can't believe Elliot missed that extra point. And I went, what? <laughs> Come on. I know even the easy shit's just not easy this season. Uh, Robbie, what are you doing to uh, make the Eagles feel your pain? You know, I've been trying to make them earn it for weeks in terms of, you know, not <laughs> wearing my normal Jersey, not wearing the gear. Uh, you know, like you, I haven't dressed the dogs up, but they just, I, just apparently they don't care. Um, so there <laughs> nothing I'm doing is working. I'll, I'll tell you that leaving them, leaving them out in the cold. And uh, I don't know. I, I have these moments where I'm trying to buy in, but I just, I need some sign of life to, you know, to attach my life raft to like, show me fucking something. They got the Packers this week going in to green Bay, which they've actually, you know, they had a nice win there last year. And maybe if they go back to that game plan and just pound the rock, uh, maybe they can surprise, surprise the Packers and surprise the nation. I, I, you know, the, the Packers have really let up some big running plays. Miles Sanders has has had some big running plays. I, 
I don't know what else they have to see to really take advantage of that. Sounds like we're getting Driscoll back at right tackle. That should help uh, with the run blocking a little bit because I do think Matt Pryor is kind of a liability there. As far as predictions, uh, prediction on defense, I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a couple big scrambles that are just going to be so fucking frustrating. Uh, we're going to have our hands full with Devonte Adams with their tight end Tanyan, who you know we just struggle with all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if Valdez Scantling or Lazard does some damage as well, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers randomly is going to scramble and pick up a couple long third downs. We'll be, I imagine like a third and 17 where we got a sack on, on second down and pushed them back and you're licking your chops. And then you see Jim Schwartz's picket fence defense where they're all, where they're all sitting back 16 yards from behind the line. And then, you know, Rogers just scrambles for a first down Rob. Any uh, predictions on the defensive side of the ball? I think Rogers is probably licking his chops a little bit. I I, I think he's going to pick our secondary apart. Um, you know, the guy's too talented of a thrower, and Devontae Adams. You know, they're going to see what Metcalf did to us, and they're going to attack just the same. And you know, our D line may get some pressure on him, but he's all you know he can run like you said. So. Um, you know, I'm not optimistic at all. I, I think maybe Slay bounces back a little bit. He was embarrassed a bit last week, but uh, even with him bouncing back, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see them shutting him down by any means. What about you? What about you, Justin? Uh, yeah, I mean, for this game, I've, I feel like I'm looking at Slay. Um, he had a lot of good things, I guess, to say at the end of the game. He held himself accountable. But at this point, who hasn't on the Eagles team? I mean, I've seen Wentz do that already a thousand times and even Sanders. Uh, but I'm hoping Slay's finally the guy to bounce back. Maybe you can get us an interception. Who knows? I doubt it. Uh, it seems <laughs> like it's going to be a tough game. That's the thing. Like, even when the defense has <laughs> played well, they've just struggled yeah. to get the turnovers, which is like, just they played the, really well last week. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that Cleveland game, they did get some turnovers and they got kind of screwed on that Baker, that second Baker fumble. But, uh, yeah, the turnovers would would desperately be needed for this offense just to get us the thirty points for one fucking game. Breaking news here as we're recording the podcast. No, it's not uh, Jalen Hurts being named the quarterback, uh, the starter for this week. Is Doug fired? No, Doug is not fired. But <laughs> uh, this is a report from Bleeding Green Nation. As it turns out, Peterson has already been sharing some of his play calling duties this season, according to an insider. I guess he's handed the reins over to pass game coordinator Press Taylor several times in recent games <laughs> and could be giving him <laughs> more responsibility starting in, in Green Bay. Yippee. Uh, and an uh, senior offensive assistant Rich Gangarell has been calling plays specifically in two minute situations since the beginning of the season. So again, this is just the clusterfuck that is this offense. Like even him doling out the play calling responsibilities, you just give it all to one guy. You have too many cooks in the kitchen. It's just been something. Or this could just be Doug trying to throw them under the bus, where it's clear, uh, you oh, know, yeah. they've kind of hit a wall. And oh, oh yeah, I was actually uh, the other guys the entire time. I don't have. I have a feeling this story wouldn't be coming out if they were like seven, three, and one. Rob, any uh, any instant reaction to this breaking news? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just more insanity. What has Press Taylor yes. done to impress anyone? He, look, he's, he's the worst oh, offensive Jesus. player. Awful. And and by the way, if he is calling plays, no one should understand Wentz's strengths yes. and weaknesses more than the QB mm -hmm. coach. So 
if he mm-hmm. is truly calling plays and we're going, you know, it's taking till the mid third quarter before we run our first design rollout, then I mean, just fire the guy tomorrow because <laughs> clearly he's yes. not recognizing anything about his prize pupil. Yes, they had one rollout. Wentz was one for one for 17 yards. What the fuck? Justin, any thoughts on this uh, news on the play calling? No, I mean, it, it infuriates me, I think, just as much as you guys. Uh, once, yeah, like Rob just said, Press Taylor hasn't done anything to deserve any kind of uh, comeuppance or anything like that. So I don't get why you would allow him to take over any type of play calling, other than unless Doug is you know, trying to throw somebody under the bus and press Taylor obviously looks like he's going to be out the door anyways, at the end of the season, because his name gets brought up so much and he's an easy guy, easy scapegoat. He's I should say in this circumstance. 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why not bring it up? And why now though, after all this time, all of a sudden uh, let that information out. So I don't, I don't get it. Also, really if you, if Doug's a, if Doug's allowing somebody else to call the plays during the two minute, right? Uh, last two minutes, wh- that doesn't make any sense to me either. Why would he leave out, you know what I mean? Somebody else to call plays during the most important pivotal times of the game. That doesn't make any sense to me either. <laughs> uh, but what the hell? Very confusing. All right. One offensive prediction for me. I'm going to dare to dabble with some optimism. Miles Sanders will have a touchdown run over 30 yards. There, I said it. Let's go, baby. Go, birds. Miles Sanders breaks off a big run. Rob, do you have uh, something, uh, an offensive prediction? Yeah, I'm keeping it real again. Um, <laughs> my prediction is Doug's uh, offensive scheme will remain just as frustrating as it's been every other game of the season. Um, we will run the ball minimally, and Wentz will continue to struggle. Rob, it's not Doug's scheme though anymore. It's uh, yeah, it's Express, Scangarella, Marty Marywick. It's a group. It's a group effort. Justin, <laughs> any uh, any thoughts on uh, offensive prediction? Yeah, I mean, Rob, I I had one down, and then Rob actually made so much sense right there. I don't even want to bring it up, but uh, I was trying to be positive. I was going to say we we're going to have over 150 yards rushing. So that we'll would see. be that would assume logical coaching. And uh, yeah, I mean that, that worked last time we played the Packers it's worked uh, in our, in the few games we've won. So I don't know. I don't see them going back to that. That's not really their strategy. <laughs> Final score predictions. <laughs> of course the uh, spread is nine points right now over at my sign up over there. Use that promo code SGP uh, sweet little 50% deposit bonus. You know what? I'll be honest. I, I may, I listen. All right. I, this is an, uh, Again, doing whatever Bye. we can to bust the slump. I'm I'm heading over to mybookie.ag, and you know, in spite of the fact that I that I picked the uh, the Packers lane eight and a half, I think we picked it on the uh, Picks podcast. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna throw a one unit wager on the Philadelphia Eagles money line plus three twenty five. I don't oh. know how it happens. It likely won't happen. But give me the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything to bust this slump at plus three twenty-five. I'm not even gonna predict the score because my score prediction would probably be uh, Green Bay thirty-five, Eagles <laughs> seventeen. But I'm still going to make the bet of Eagles money line just just to just to appease the gambling gods and and get something going football mojo wise. 
Rob, what's your final score prediction? Uh, well, unlike you, I don't like throwing money away, so <laughs> I'm not gonna just go make that bet myself. <laughs> Look, we're not. It's not going to be particularly close. The team's a mess. That there is no indication that anything's going to change. You know, every week I I keep thinking it is so obvious what they need to do. Yes. How could they not implement some of this yet? Every week goes by and they don't. So until something changes, I can't have any confidence in this coaching staff. You know, I'm going 28, uh, 13. Um, you know, maybe we get a couple rushing yards. Maybe we get one play or two, but the, you know, I, I don't see how we come out winning this game. And, you know, if you remember when we predicted the rest of the season, I thought we picked out we would pick off the the Packers, but I, I can't stick with that now. Justin, is there any yeah, hope in Lambo this week? By the way, like when we when Doug came to us, wasn't the whole thing like he was in big into analytics and that's why he was going <laughs> forward on fourth down. And I understand pass plays kind of favor the analytics, but you know, run plays shuffled in there also do like he obviously doesn't look at this shit. But anyway, sorry, uh, Rob. Rob got me thinking and made me <laughs> angry. Um, my prediction. I mean, I wanted to be close, so I tried to keep it close. I said 27-21. Green Bay is going to win 27-21. So okay, uh, covering we'll the see. spread. I mean, covering the spread. I think we can at least do that. The defense played well last game. I don't know if they can do it again. Um, hopefully our offense doesn't turn the ball over like they had in, in the red zone, you know, just leading to other points or miss losing points. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> see <laughs> what happens. Team. Probably the best we can hope for in this uh, 2020 Philadelphia Eagles season. I'll, I'll, I'll say this though. If the Eagles do win, we will start next week's uh, podcast with the Eagles fight song to get everyone jacked up, buying back in on a late Eagles December rub run. Dougie December, come on! Uh, <laughs> not likely, but I'll get fired up if it happens. I Four. want a pick of your bet, Sean. You got to send that. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. For the diehard Eagles podcast, I'm Sean Stack in the Money Green. For Rob, for Justin, go birds, go birds, go birds. Go birds. 